What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us today. And without further ado, let's jump into our topic and discussion for today. Hey guys, welcome back. I've got Levi Walker with me, as you know, if you were listening on the previous episode. And now we are going to go into how much do I need for a down payment versus, yeah, that's right, some closing costs as well. So we're going to dive into these two topics. So join us now. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. And again, I've got Levi Walker here with me to go over some lending questions. And uh, the next one we want to address is how much do I need for a down payment? So Levi, if you are working with a client and they ask you that question, yep. how do you respond? One million dollars. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you, you know, that's a great question. A lot of folks, again, going back to some old kind of myths and things they might have heard from their parents or grandparents, you know, the general thought is, oh, I need 20% down, right? I got to have 20% down to buy a house. Um, and where that can benefit some folks, and you certainly do have the ability to put that down um, if it's something that's within your financial means. Um, that's not always the case. You don't have to. You're not required to put that amount of money down depending on the type of property that you're purchasing. Um, specifically talking about a, a primary residence, which is a house that someone would live in and occupy themselves. Um, for first-time home buyers, those down payments can be as low as 3%. Uh, two, three and a half percent, again, kind of depending on the product yep. that someone might look at or use. So the quick math on that, guys, would be, you know, $100,000 house, you're at $3,000 if your down payment is 3%. Uh, $200,000 house, the same math there, you're at about $6,000, again, if you have that 3% down payment as a first-time home buyer. Now, you do need to be a first-time home buyer um, to utilize that 3% down on a conventional loan. Um, and then you can look at another option, which is FHA that we mentioned in a prior episode. Another really cool program, uh, Federal Housing Administration um, insures the FHA loans, and uh, those ones have a minimum down payment of 3.5% of the purchase price. Uh, so it gives you know folks a lot of flexible options if they have more. Um, 5%, 10%, you know, we can look at those options for them. What I usually like to do and the approach I like to take with folks is, hey, let's figure out what the comfortable dollar amount yep. is that you have on hand. And then let's try to figure out a scenario where this makes sense to cover not only your down payment, but also closing costs, right? Yeah. A lot of questions about that. Um, and that way you have everything that you need for your purchase and then you're also achieving the goals that you want in your purchase price you know in your um, total cash to close and monthly payment etc cetera, etc cetera. so i like to use that approach uh, find out what their goals are and then try to figure out which uh, loan options and scenarios are going to fit within those goals to best love serve it them. love it so i i got to go back before i get into this this closing cost thing because that's going to move us into another discussion but um you had mentioned at the very beginning and i think a lot of us have, have heard it from our parents, like you said, is the 20% down. Um, why do you think that is something that is so ingrained in people's minds? And what's the benefit, I guess, in putting 20% down, right? Yeah. So I think we want to mm -hmm. know, like, why is it 20%? Like, what 
what would that do for a home buyer if they're if they are able to put 20 percent yes down? awesome question you know the answer to that is why why our folks thought that was so imp- important or why we kind of got taught that well the short answer to that is you know mortgage uh loan terms guidelines um, uh, the uh, regulations as well for the mortgage industry have changed a lot over the last pa- uh, past, you know, 20 years, 30 years, sure. specifically the last 10 years. There's been a lot of rapid changes there um, coming out of the 2008 financial crash. Um, and, you know, for our folks who have, I can speak for you and I, because I know yep. both of our ages, we're talking about the baby boomer generation. The, the American dream was, which is very much still alive today, but the American dream was, you know, buy a house, own a property, own land, um, you know, work hard, uh, play, enjoy your life. And, and uh, uh, with that, the idea of, hey, you want to buy your house, put as much down as you can, possibly yeah. um, that benchmark tended to be the 20% down mark for most folks that they were trying to achieve. Um, one of the primary reasons is it eliminates the uh, requirement to have private mortgage insurance. Yeah. So if you're buying a, again, a primary residence, a house that you're going to live in and you put anything less than 20% down, uh, again, it kind of varies depending on the loan type, Yep. but there's typically a requirement for mortgage insurance. The mortgage insurance insures the lender against any loss and allows you to put down that lower down payment. So with a lot of the changes these days, there the mortgage insurance is definitely an added cost monthly, um, but there's so many different flexible options that sometimes even with that added into your, your monthly payment, um, it doesn't change things much in some cases. So yeah. that's where I always wanna look at that, examine it with clients, um, see how that will affect their monthly payment and then their long-term cost. And this again will go back to what are their goals for their house and their purchase how long are they planning on living there? Is it a short-term house, a mid-term house, a long-term house? And then we really get into, hey, what's your, your return on investment for putting more money down initially or less money down initially? Um, usually for folks who are buying their starter house, uh, you know, their 3% down or their 5% down might make sense for them because statistically speaking, they could only be in the house five to seven years. That's yeah. about the average time frame someone's staying in their home. Um, and they may not have actually get um, to see you know, that return on investment from their initial 20% down. So we want to look at those numbers ultimately sure. and figure out what their goals are and help them make the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you um, just to recap what we've basically just been talking about is um, so in order to buy a home, you don't have to necessarily have to put 20% down. There's options there. Whereas you can put as little as 3%, 3.5% down to get into that um, that home. But again, that's going to depend on a couple of other things like your credit score, the type of loan that you're using, and those types of things that we've already covered. Um, but then now I want to move in and close out um, this one with uh, something that I think gets confusing for some mm-hmm. people. Um, because now that we've talked about your down payment, right? If you're buying a $200,000 home, um, you know, that's $6,000 that would be uh, a, a part of your down payment if you're at 3%, yeah. right? And um, so obviously if you're doing more, that that number is gonna go up higher. Um, but then, you know, some people get confused with the down payment cost mm-hmm. versus the closing costs, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you get together on a contract and you're ready to purchase this house and you get a closing date set, um, you're gonna 
be given a closing date and a time where you go to close on this property and uh and then you're gonna have to bring to the table mm-hmm. a certain amount of money exactly um so levi can you kind of speak into that a little bit and kind of clarify this um kind of i would say fogginess yes, of yes a lot of uh buyers who maybe haven't experienced buying a home yet or maybe somebody that has bought a home and they didn't realize this but can you kind of define the differences between what the down payment is and then what the closing costs are? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, I agree 100%. I think there's a lot of fogginess there around this issue. Closing costs is one of those terms that gets kind of thrown around interchangeably and can mean different things depending on who's using the term and in what context they're using that term. So generally speaking, Ryan, uh, closing costs are the costs that are incurred Uh, through the purchase transaction or the real estate transaction. Um, Whenever there's a mortgage involved, there will be additional costs uh, that go into that. Now, generally speaking, those things can be title and escrow fees, um, any loan company fees that are associated with the cost of doing the loan, as well as real estate associated fees, things like that. Uh, But they get pretty granular, and that's where, again, I really like to work with clients go through that breakdown because there are a lot of costs and we want to make sure that they understand what all of those are and where they're coming from and prepare them for their purchase so they're not caught off guard or in shock about what those costs end up being. Um, Generally speaking, in the state of Nebraska and primarily, um, you know, Douglas and Sarpy County uh, of Omaha, we usually like to tell folks it's just this is kind of a general rule um, and it's not hard and fast rule by any means, but a good estimation for the total closing costs is usually about three and a half percent of the purchase price. Now that will definitely vary um, because the lower purchase prices, the closing cost percentage will tend to be a little bit higher. Yep. Three and a half to maybe four and a half percent. Um, and then as you get into the higher purchase prices, that that's uh, three and a half percent to three percent rule becomes a little bit more um, uh, clear for those types of situations. Now, closing costs, as a, when, when a lender is usually talking about closing costs, they're talking about two different defined costs. Usually the closing costs, which we talked about before, yep. those are title and escrow fees, uh, loan company costs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is another cost set of costs, though. These are called prepaid costs. Now, these tend to be Um, the bulk of what you end up paying along with your down payment. The prepaid costs, um, including but not limited to, um, usually prepaid property taxes, uh, prepaid homeowners insurance, prepaid interest. Um, And as we all know, uh, you know, we have a lot of great things going for us in the state of Nebraska and Omaha as well. But one of the things that we all kind of struggle with are the property taxes. Yep. Yep. They can be pretty high here. So with that, you have some additional costs that go into your purchase or your refinance transaction through those prepaid property taxes and prepaid homeowners insurance. And those will be entirely unique to that house. The property taxes will be attached to that house that they're buying. Um, as well, the homeowner's insurance is going to be up to that individual's responsibility to go shop around for homeowner's coverage and get their best bang for buck. So as a lender, you know, we do our best just to go through an estimation from what we've seen um, and what their purchase price goals are. We can do our best to kind of estimate those numbers for them. And usually 
I like to take a conservative approach to the numbers, be cautious initially when I'm working with a client and, and try to be on the higher side. So that way we don't end up um, in a situation where they're unprepared for the total amount and what it ends up being. Yep. Yeah. And that's really good. I love that. That's good stuff there. Um, hopefully that will clear up a lot of confusion uh, for you guys, especially if you're thinking about buying a home and wondering what those overall costs are. So to follow up with what was just said, basically what we had talked about is you can go as little as 3% down um, for your down payment on a home, potentially, depending again on, on certain things. And if you did get locked into that, then let's say that you went and wrote up on a $100,000 house, 3.5% of that purchase price, so 3.5% of 100000 right, is going to be 3500 bucks. Exactly. And so you would add that on top of that 3% that you plan on putting down. So in this instance or this example, mm -hmm. you're looking at roughly 6,500 uh, to $7,000 of closing costs um, that you would need to bring to the table on closing day. Of total cash. Of to total close. cash to close. Yeah, not closing um, so basically what you would need to do there is if, if that's something where, and this is where Levi obviously helps you out and where I do as a realtor, um, let's say that you have $5,000 in your account, yeah. right? And you're like, okay, I've got this 5,000, but now I need to come up with this other two. There's other ways to come up with that, whether that's a gift from your parents or somebody down the line there or a friend or whatever. But there's also something that we can do in negotiating uh, when we go and write up on a house. And that's asking the seller to pay for a specific amount of closing costs and getting yes, them to agree point. to that. So there's, there's ways of doing it. Um, and, and I will say it's, it's sometimes tougher when you're in a seller's market, obviously, yep. if you get into a multiple offer situation, not a lot of times the seller is going to be willing to pay a buyer's closing cost because they'll have three other offers over here that are willing to pay more than what the list price is, plus not asking for any closing costs. And so that offer looks a lot sexier than <laughs> yeah. the other offer where you're needing $4,000 to help close. So um, again, if you guys have questions about this, we would love to go more in depth with you. Um, and you know where to find us. You can find us on social media or you can comment uh, here and we'll follow up with you. But we just wanted to get this out there because we think that it's vital for you to know and kind of understand and get a grasp of what it is um, as you start heading down this road and into this journey. So again, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Again, thank you, Levi. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think we're going to get into some more stuff even here. Ooh. So Check it out for the next few episodes after this. And if you missed the previous one, go check that one out as well. Thanks again, guys. Have a good one. As always, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast. To learn more about how you can connect with me, check out my website, potterpodcast.com. And there you can connect with me on my social media platforms. Until next time, stay hungry, work hard, dream big, and always stay humble. Talk to you soon.